Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and the ASB are gonna find me, cause I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far off their mouths that this is bullshit. You know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle with some humongous waves. Oh, surf looks good, Ivan. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are bad. <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro dosing. And I'm joined here as always by a loyal co host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn. Deadly. <laughs> Vorno. It's been a while since we've caught up in this traditional bong scum setting here mm. in your cluttered garage in uh, Lennox Head, world famous. And uh, it's good to be back, breathing in the black mold and having a good old fashioned banter oh, about the surfing. Oh, Great to see you, mate. Great to be here in the, uh, well, what is it? The, uh, the Was CT Tour League officially done. The Challenger Series about to fire up. And uh, so much to talk about, Smith. Can't wait to get into it with you, mate. How have you been, though? How's the burnout factor after, you know, all these live shows and, you know, competitive heats and the cut, mate? The emotional tragedy, the fucking cut, mate. How are you dealing with it? Oh, it's proved overwhelming at times, Vaughn, uh, that's for sure. I mean, hard to know what registers higher on the emotional spectrum. Seeing India, our India, get it, India, going down, off off the tour. That was uh, sad. That was that was really hard to take for me, Vaughn, personally. Um, similar- our India, mate. Ours. Oh, no. Unbelievable. Hectic. Fucking disgrace. Hey. But, uh... You know, that was hard to take. Similarly hard to take. Needs was, to be uh, an investigation. I there think needs so. to be an investigation. I cack. I car, Whatever it is. I cacao. Mm. I cacked my pants. I yeah. cacked up laughing. Indeed. Yep. yep. Need yep. some yep. independent yep. Yep. corruption, anti-commission kind of a thing to rip in and oh, mate, well, crack some skulls. Our Sal. Gone. 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 Disgrace. 14 years of service to the walls are just brushed out the back door. Typical. Like yesterday's fucking drop noodles. Made redundant like some fucking just backbreaking labour. He's been sticking it in and sticking it up him and ripping in and, you know, facing the coal furnace of professional surfing. 14 oh. years of service, Vaughn. Mm. No respect. Respect her. <laughs> respect. Nothing. Breaking news with Ain't That Swell. It's some big breaking news since we actually recorded this ep. Just a few days ago, the Wazzle has released their wild cards for the 2023 World Tour, which I think incorporates the back half of the 2022 season as well. So uh, these four surfers, two men, two women, will be competing in the back half of the season. G-Land, Chopes, J-Bay, El Salvador, racking up points for a place to make the Wazzle finals will be Gabriel Medina, 
the three-time world champ. No surprises there on his way back. And Yago Dora. So Yago getting that injury wild card. I guess that's kind of what it was used to be called. I don't know if it's called that anymore. But anyway, Gabby and Yago, two Brazilians on fire and looking to get into that G-Land comp and ready to go. The Women's World Tour wild cards will be Carolyn Marks, who has mysteriously been absent from the CT. No real explanation there from the Wazzle as yet. Hopefully, Caroline has been okay. Uh, usually, if someone disappears from tour, it has something to do with personal reasons. So, we'll uh, back Caroline in there. Uh, one of the real stars of the CT over the past few years. A world champ contender for sure. She will be getting it. But the big, big news for Australians, Australia, go Australia, is that Sally Fitzgibbons has been awarded the second wild card for the back half of the 2022 season and the start of 2023. 14 years of toil and service and winning and being the ultimate role model rewarded by the Woz. Plenty to unpack here. God only knows what the criteria is, what you've got to do to get these wild cards. Smithy doesn't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. But you can't disagree with the four surfers that they've chosen. Uh, a few crew who might feel a bit hard done by Lobby, our lob, of course. He, uh, he smashed his ankle, never even got to surf for heat and anger. Well, he had to uh, sit back and cop that news. And uh, I'm sure there's a few other crew as well. Owen Wright, obviously missing the cut. No G-Land for Oh, it stings. God, it stings. But anyway, that's the breaking news since the app was recorded. Plenty more to say about this in future episodes. Yeah, it's been uh, an emotional week, maybe. It has um, emotional, but uh, similarly emotional. Vaughn, though, the two and uh, you know some of the shenanigans that have gone on in that space, Vaughn, the children Indeed. of the corn. So we'll get into it mm. in a bit more depth shortly. But uh, I mean, hard, hard yakka. Yeah, giving it to the people, giving it up for the people. Oh, but jeez, how good has it been? It's Sharing the room with the swelly and faithful, getting out there. Margie's Perth did not disappoint. Uh, Oki, Kirby Brown. Wow. Ooh, wow. Hey. Uh, and, of course, the goat. Goat. We'll get into that. But, uh, yes, maybe let's just – we're here. We're frothing. Rugby league is surrounding us. Origins just around the corner. Uh, the Aussie battlers who uh, came through last year's Changers are fucking delivering in spades, mate. Let's not forget crisp offshores. It's autumn. Tis the season, Vaughn. The real season. Mm-hmm. Crisp offshores. East swells, long period, fire. You know, the smell of fire at the beach. Yeah, I love it's it. It's just a fucking quintessential time to be Australian. And, uh, geez, you're looking at the top five on both the men's and the women's. And it's a, oh, a, a day for, for Australian pride, Vaughn. <laughs> Australian pride. Chipper Wilson tattoo on your chest. Australian pride. Big fucking stick it up cursive. Get it on you. Get it into you. The Australians, we're back. We're playing the fucking last horn, the bugle. It's on. Oh, yeah. We're going to be there. We're going to be there at the Goldie. Yeah, they're, no, they're, the Swelling Army's mounting up. Right, we're, we're ready, mate. The, the Swelling Army coming to the Goldie, but those top fives, oh, they bring a little bit of it. They bring a little bit of a fucking joy buzz to my loinal area, mate. Mm. You know, Ethan, he's some sort of psycho tear wow. through the Aussie leg in this year. Oh, he's looking every single bit the real deal in 222 mm. Mate, it's uh, pretty special. And then. Uh, who else is in there? Jack Robbo. The Vortex so, Shaman. Mate, hey, didn't we wow. say it? We called it. We called it after Morgs last year. 
Towed up everyone, gave them a good hard kick in the fucking mm. caboose. A good spray and then threw the towel at them to mop themselves up. Yeah, well, they've, they've stepped up. Uh, Robbo and Ethan were the two guys who have probably been our most likely. It's certainly in terms of the last few years and seeing what the potential there, Smitty. They were the guys we wanted to see, with along with Arkel, who uh, you know broke his hand. It, it really sent him into a bit of a spiral. Yeah. Oh, uh, well punned, well yeah, punned. Indeed, we were spiralling before the broken hand. Exactly, Let's be fair. exactly, mate. But uh, yeah, so uh, great scenes there. But then on the women's side, of course, Tyler Wright uh, looking deadly, looking deadly. Oh, I mean, deadly. fucking took the turn like a red belly black women's turn of all time to fucking take her out of that Margaret Rivers con. Molly mm. the pickle picklums. What about that fucking rail oh, game? Just pickling it, it was that good. I'll oh, sip on that. slice it down the middle, mate. There's no stopping it. Just, oh, mate. I swear to God, mate. That has to be the best frontside gaff ever done in women's surfing. Wow. I mean, that's a big call. I know that fucking Steph has laid down a few rippers, the double arm drag at Bills from years ago. Oh. Tyler Wright, mate. She knows how to fucking put that rail in the water and bury it. Bury it into the bedrock, son. But uh, I don't know. Something about that searing turn. They're, they're, whoo, I mean, uh, unlucky not to qualify back on the Challenger Series pickles. But, uh, yeah, so Tyler Wright in that top five convo again. And uh, Isabella Nichols, mate, from basically a fucking snowball's chance in fucking hell of getting in even onto the uh, CT to re-qualify. And she did it. She went all the way right to the final. Took the win. Bella, you fucking beauty. On your nickels, you bra. Need your face in your finger marks. Number five. The choppers come, Vaughn. And it was more emotional than a Tuesday on the tools after a big weekend on the goods. <laughs> Tears are plenty. Hard to watch, but you couldn't look away at the you same time. You could not look away. You could not look away, mate. It was just dead set carnage from go to woe. The Margaret River fucking pro delivered one of the most high drama events of my life. I was checking in with uh, Kale Bell Warren, lift podcast uh, aficionado, uh, spreadsheet fucking guru, surf nerd. <laughs> Par excellence. The rain man. The competitive <laughs> surfing and cuey grinding. The mathematician, and Stephen Hawking, the rain man, all mixed into one oh, fucking egg-headed mate, competitive genius. He is uh, on another planet with this stuff. And like the thing that I love more than the info he's given is the fucking feeling that he gives it with. It's taken some work, it's taken some research, and I've been way too nervous to even... Uh, work this out. It's been an absolute nightmare to separate the ties. It's just been too scary to make a call. Huge. Fucking wild. Fucking madness. Fucking madness. Sorry for the delay. Thanks for your patience. <sighs> He's sitting there with his eyeballs going in different directions, steam coming out of his ears. This is 7.73. When you but, factor but, that into the year-long average combined of the rating schedule, he's like, oh my wild, God. Huge, wild, huge, wild, fucking Shit, wild. you can almost see just his brain starting to just fizz and, you know, like, it's like fucking overheating with uh, just numbers and spreadsheets. Fucking beautiful mind style. Huge. But, uh, yeah, he basically uh, was on the hot lap trying to give us all the information of the different scenarios. And, man, when you knew sort of the scenario for every heat, you couldn't look away. Mm. Yeah, actually, there was not a dud heat in the entire event, men's and women's. Every single heat was just laced hey. with so much fucking importance, man. People's careers were just on the line. And uh, I think it led to Surfing's Darkest Day from what I, uh, mm. what I heard. I mean, we thought Surfing's Darkest Day had come, you know, in those first few events when the Aussies were just getting mm. rinsed. But actually... 
this was a global event in terms of competitive mm. surfing and tears are plenty. Jeez, mate, some of those post-heat interviews. Oh, I mean, uh, you know, you saw everyone from Imai Kalani to Vol to uh, Zhao Xianka, uh, all the way to, as you said, India Robinson. Just couldn't, couldn't bottle it. Couldn't uh, contain the fucking absolute rattling depression that had set in the moment the Hooter went and uh, those Pro Tour dreams had slid Slid out the window. Mm. Let's have a quick rip through who copped the shoot or chop. Uh, Malia Manuel at 11. Gone. India Robinson. Gone. <laughs> Molly Picklem. Chop it up. Rip BMAC. Not BMAC. Bronnie McCauley. Uh, she went deep in the comp but couldn't quite pull off the miracle result to keep her spot. Just on BMAC. Is it true that wild cards don't get points for the back half of the season? Is, has that been confirmed? Do you know anything about that? Because I'm pretty sure she's going to get a G-Land call-up. It's a Quicksilver event. Pretty sure, uh, you know, based on what we saw with, uh, you know, Toomey sessions, mm. Chope oh. sessions, you know, we know that BMAC packs it. Any left yeah, cone, no, she's I, a special. She's a special. Uh, so I think she's a guaranteed start-up there. If, mm. if she gets a good result, if she wins... She back on tour. I don't know. What's the question? Best directed to the rain, man. Kaza Beza Waza. But uh, moving right along, Sally Fitzgobbin. <laughs> Gobbin? Gibbon? Something? Schwitz. Schwitzing. Was she Schwitzing after it? Schwitz Gibbon? She must have been. Oh, she, she bottles it up, though. She's she's a trooper. We know she that. She is a trooper. I, like, fuck, mate. I mean, oh, she's just been bashed from pillar to post many, many times throughout mm. her career. You know, the, the, the carrot has been within reach only to just be snatched out of her hands by Steph Gilmore or Carissa Moore or Tyler Wright. And Bunch of carrot-coughing donkeys. I can't take seeing our Sal bashed against the rocks yet again. But uh, Just give her the carrot already. Challenge. Give it to her. Challenge us here again. Mate, a wheelbarrow full of carrots. Let's all get together, Swellians. We want to do a carrot drive for Sally Fitzgibbons. We're going to take them around to the front of her house, dump them on the front lawn. Double up those carrots, Fitz gives you. From the Tweed to Jerringong Vaughan, we're going down. We're piling up the carrots and we're just giving her a dump truck full of carrots on the doorstep. You've earned it, Fitz Gibbons. You've earned it, years of service. Out? You're going to get a couple of carrots dipped in gold, if you oh, will. Oh, Fucking wild. Yeah. But uh, uh, back on the challenge series, I think she'll just destroy Snapper. That's, yeah. that's my hope. But, oh, man, uh, yeah, not to get too far off track here, Smithy, while we're going through the... But, um, yeah, there's uh, uh, looking at uh, the WCL have just posted on Instagram. Check it out if, you, if, you, uh, if you're not driving, I suppose. But uh, all the names who have qualified from each region coming up onto the Challenger Series and just full-blown collision with those uh, sad, broken souls coming off the CT. Man, to pick yourself back up and start giving it to these youngsters is going to be a fucking proper challenge. 100%. I'm picturing some kind of a, you know, 80s, 90s state of origin iconography. The cane toads versus the cockroach. Mm. We need some, I think we need some kind of big artistry, some some kind of banner to really celebrate this coming together of two immovable forces, mm. immovable objects. The QE grinders coming up. The CT Fucking battlers on the way down, and it's going to be a royal rumble at Snapper. But maybe the other thing, uh, like, imagine. Let's just let's get personal about this for a second. Imagine you're like, like the standard of CT surfing has fucking blown my head off. Like Xiao Xianka going back to the Challenger Series seems fucking ludicrous to me. Mm. Uh, Morgs, based on what he did last year, and, and you know 
once he started to shake off those expectations he had of himself and he just got back to mongrel morgues that we saw last year uh bells was probably the best example of that where you know we were on the hill with the swelling army mm. chanting with thrusting the golden corn pieces into the sky and uh he looked back didn't he? he looked ready to go so that level of fucking energy and just psycho fucking you know it's, it's taking the talents that you have and dipping it in that sort of special source of the ct and, mm. and having to lift because you'll just get eaten alive by your John Johns and all that sort of thing. Bringing that back to the Challenger series and seeing how this next generation step up to meet that mm. is going to be fucking fascinating. And you see it so often in professional sports, you know, once surfers graduate to that top tier, they come back to the second tier and by virtue of being on the top tier, their surfing is sped up, it's faster, sharper, more accurate, more critical. And then they come back to that second tier and everything's that bit slower. The, mm. the X factor, the sizzle of the CT guys, you'd expect to shine through at that level now. It sharpens you up, it has to, surfing that level. You see it in other sports, football in particular. You go up and play State of Origin, you come back to the NRL and the State of Origin guys, they've just played a game on the Wednesday, they're playing again on the Saturday. Oh, and they just and they're rip, fucking carving rip up. Thrill, mate. It's just not even, uh, it's not even fair like they, they've three days turnaround their bodies are bashed broken bruised and busted and they just fucking rip apart like cooked chooks smithy a couple of fucking swollen eggplants ripping it apart like cooked chooks and mixing metaphors <laughs> like no tomorrow <laughs> it's a oh but yeah but, uh, just who real... else got that luana silva and uh just skipping over to the men's Connor coffin Ezekiel Lau, hey-ya! gone. Luca Messinas, hey-ya! see you at the Gelato Palo Messina. Owen Wright, oh, the big O, it hurts. Boy. Not the big O, oh, that hurts. But uh, I tell you what also hurts. Hey-ya! Shoot out chops to the neck. Cop it, oh, you're gone. Morgan, Federico Marais, hey-ya! Leo Firamani, gone. Gone, gone, everything must go. It's a full clear out. Leonardo Fioravanti, chops. David Silva, chops. Badness. Imai, Devolt, chops. Carnage. Jiao Chianka, chopped. Kalanen, chopped. Nunoz, chopped. Mick Fanning, 35, chopped, even though he wasn't even on there. He's gone. He's gone. You won't see him again. Not Mick. God, oh, no. Save him. Save ourselves. Oh, yeah. It's an absolute debacle. A bloodbath. Wow. Judo chops galore. But, mm. uh,. I couldn't look away, Vaughn. I enjoyed it as much as any sporting spectacle I've ever seen. Incredible. Yeah. Look, man, uh, I know that everyone on tour hated it. Uh, maybe other than Jadson, Andre, and Matt McGilvray. They, they seem to be the two surfers. Oh, and Isabella Nichols probably as well now. But I know it was a dark day. I know it was tense. It was fun- funeral vibes. I just saw uh, it was described on Stab by Chris Binns. Binzy doing the beach commentary over there. So it was tense. It was palpable. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the desperation, the the real, you know, devastation after losing heats. You could cut the air with a 1994 Weber blade. It was that thick. Mm. Yeah, it was intense. thick. And, um, but, mate, I think the Waz got it right. Uh, I think it needs tweaking. If I was going to make just two quick suggestions, I'd say two more CTs before the cut. Uh, maybe two less Challenger Series events. Mm. Let's see how that plays out. But... Man, as far as just creating a spectacle, fuck, it was amazing. It was amazing. Mm. They got a rice, maybe? They did. Elo. Elo was on. He washed Him his corn good in Torquay. He washed they nearly his... fucking got the brass knuckles out, mate. They yeah. nearly went at each other. We had no. to slow it down. We had to cool yeah, it off. Right. But, geez, it looked like it was about to go down, didn't it? Oh, didn't it? It's uh, It was a masterstroke from the Wazzle. Yeah, it was. 
very, very entertaining. It's what sports is all about, Vaughn. It's about tempers flaring. It's about tears. It's about squirting your guts out in the portaloo before you heat because you're that fucking nervous. Mm-hmm. It's what it's all about. Yeah, and it's also about losing, man. And uh, unfortunately, in surfing, fuck, 99.9% of the field lose every single event. There's only one winner and out of all those fucking men and women. And uh, more often than not, it's one of five people. So mm. that's a lot of losing going down. And the last thing you want when you hit that tour is to be told you're going to get the boot if you lose in the first four comps of the year. Yeah, and just a quick rip through some of the names that are still on there, Vaughn. Wacko, Jacko Baker, the Carnival Strongman sneaking in there right in the cut line at 21. Fucking oath, Jacko. Jacko, Jacko you good thing. Swelling spirit animal par excellence, Jaddy, our Jaddy, the working <laughs> class man, bringing shelter from the rain and the storm for Just his family. Do it, sing it on the backhand, throwing Holy every single shit. thing at that Margaret Wright. And what about that insect? It is such a, it is such a monster. I cannot believe just how fucking committed you've got to be to really give that end section some stick. And, uh, oh, like, well, I don't so know good. if it was round one or round two, but that end section club was almost a tubing, slabbing, bone dry end section. He just went fucking upside down, mm. lip lined, float, belt, deluxe, fucking tweaked it out the end, tail fucking sliding in the lip, stuck it perfect, got a 5.5 because the judges are fucking dogs. Hey, <laughs> hey I'm watching you ripping off the battlers, hey. hey. No respect, mate. Uh. Anyway, uh, Matty McGilvray, huge result there in Margs, leapfrogged 13 places, as you alluded to, Vaughn. Conor O'Leary, the captain. Yeah, He's mate. in there, Vaughn. And uh, the GOAT, fuck, plummeting down the rankings at 13th, but well inside the cut. Uh, Callum Robson, eighth worn after that big run up at Bells. <laughs> Fucking he's looking red hot. Got a doff of the cap from Medina in a live cross. Uh, we'll hear a bit about that mm. later on. But yeah, Medina said he's a surfer to watch. He's someone he's been particularly impressed by so far. 19- what, what does he recognise, do you think, in, in uh, Robbo? What's appealing to him? The consistency was what he said. Just, really? Uh, the cons- and to be honest, like in, in the, the couple sessions I've had of him, his ability to fucking just crack it from almost any place on the wave are similar to like a Nat Young, but on his front side and backside, just super strong. He has so much strength through his legs and mm. core. Um, the, you know, stylistically, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but you can't argue with the power. Nah. Just demolishes it from anywhere, uh, overpowers waves with pure brute force. Fuck, it's iconic. Aussie power surfing of the the like of you you feel McDonald's of your if you will Vaughn. Fuck, I just love the uh, idea of Medina sitting there looking at these Aussie battlers and going, "Yeah, boys, fucking oath, mate. Yeah, I see what you're doing. I see what you're throwing down. Here we go. I recognise a bit of that. Hey, 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 hey. hey. That's right. And uh, on the women's, Steffi Gilmore, the goat, the fem goat, sneaking in there just. But number nine, Tatiana Weston Webb at 10. Last Whoa. year's uh, final fight. But where did she go? She came second in the end, didn't she? Yeah. Run up in the world. Yeah, I think she was uh, one turn away from winning that world title, snatching it off Carissa Moore. Yep. So that's it. Just Steffi, Bella Nichols, and Tyler Wright, the only Aussies repping in the uh, women's CT for the rest of the year. Wow. Mm. Bar wildcards. But you would say uh, there's serious world title contenders in there. And Steph, you know, without the pressure of uh, the cut line, you know, I think it plays into, into anyone who's got a little bit of uh, emotional 
What do you call that? So maybe emotional. Volatility. Volatility. Uh, even just bit that bit. fragility. Mm. You know, uh, now that that stress is purely gone and she can just focus on going forward, I think we might see the best of Steph to come. Mm. I think these waves that are coming up to top quality surf, a couple of backhand challenges for her. Mm. I look forward to seeing how she steps up to that. But oh. it's going to be uh, it's gonna be good in this run up to the finals because uh, from now on, mate, that stress is over. It's only I have to get there. It's, it's not looking backwards. It's looking forwards. There's no monster nipping at your heels, mate. Just look at the end goal. Zone in on it. Rugby league. Tommy Radonikus slaps around the head, Smithy. Get started. Go for gold. Sport socks number four. Number four, make or break. Vaughn has premiered. It's there for you to binge like a filthy, cheese-eating fat cunt on TV. Watch all seven in one go. Order a box of Domino's and just fucking yep. luxuriate in other people's sweat, blood and tears, Vaughn. Uh, there is cameras and mics everywhere in this incredible series that focuses purely on the WSL Elite Tour. What a show. What, what a, a show. show. What a show. Uh, yeah. Does something that has really never been done. And that's showcase who these people are that we put up on our bedroom walls and, you know, uh, watch month after month, event after event, competing for world titles. Like, where did they come from? Who are they really? Mm. Like, if you think about the winners and losers of make or break, uh, Man, uh, it's it's the people we got to know on a level that we didn't know them. And that's uh, people like Medina. Uh, he just comes off as the most fucking genuine human being, doesn't he? Like, you're just looking at him going, wow, this guy is so real. He can barely speak without choking up. Oh, mate, let, let's zero in on a bit of it because, uh, I mean, no, spoiler alert, but, uh, you know, we've covered it extensively on the show so far. And just this, this rough ride Medina's been mm. on and... You know, watching the show, one of the things that I loved about it was just the focus on the Brazilian storm and in particular, you know, the, the figureheads of it, mm. Medina, Italo. And I just thought, you know, Medina, fuck man, having watched his trajectory, having been there for it as a journalist, being fucking the only kind of English speaking guy to really pay attention to the guy mm. right from the get go and fucking I got immersed in the Brazilian storm. And why that was, was because I just fucking resonated so much with the energy, the battler energy, mm. you know, this guy who was from poverty, single mum, and he just fucking had to make it work. He, he had to leave no stone unturned. There was nothing to go back to. Mm. Uh, it's something we've talked about a lot, but geez, it's hard to watch, isn't it? When, you know, succeeding in sport often means, you know, you're kind of succeeding in sport to spite yourself. Mm. Like, it's like he ticked every box. You know, he made this money for his family. Uh, he got him out of the mire of poverty. Um, you know, he, he got the just desserts in the model wife. Mm. Um, and it all just went so pear-shaped for him. He, he did what he thought was right, what you're taught to think is right in the kind of capitalist consumerist matrix where it's like, you know, fucking excel, succeed, become the top dog and uh, we'll give you the world. And the world was given to him, but his world fell apart because it was all made of fucking man, this, that's smoke what... and mirrors and holograms and he's crying and it's very, very hard to watch. Oh, fuck. It's, it, but it's also, oh man, it just, it completely annihilates any fucking lingering feeling that you have that Gabe is the bad guy. Like if you're a fan of professional surfing, fan of any surfing, but particularly professional surfing and the, and the framework that these people exist within, you know, Gabby was the guy we love to hate because he was basically, you know, unbeatable, robotic in, in terms of like the way that he's committed to surfing his heats, win at all costs. Like you said, you know, like that success was just ruthless, merciless, like mm. 
just takes people down so hard with almost like zero emotion on the surface. Underneath, once you get to, to know him in this show, like he's fucking simmering with so much confusion, man. And, I know. And it's, like, hard to watch. it's not even fully fallen apart yet. Like all he's really doing is trying to find out how to live his life on his own, how to be out there in the world without Charlie and Simone sort of, you know, guiding his every step. And and he's got uh, his wife there with him, but this is early days in their relationship and, and it's early days, you know, that you see the scene where he, he's in the Rip Curl house and he says to everyone, oh, I got married two days ago. You know, it's fucking mind-blowing, mate. Like the access these guys got to these surfers and these intimate moments is pretty fucking outrageous. Fucking wild. But knowing what's coming makes those interviews even harder to watch because you can see the fucking conflict in him. You can see the pain. It's right there. He does not even try and hide it. And you know it's going to get a lot worse. Mm. Uh, While he's also on this fucking insane run. Like, you know, I I think uh, another winner out of this whole series is Kingy, mate. Because you you watch what Kingy's been through. They tell that story. And then the way that he's able to help sort of just keep this sort of like, I don't know, this rock, this kind of like good, safe port for Gabby to just feel comfortable in and focus on the job at hand while all this other turmoil is going mm. on. Fucking uh, remarkable storytelling. Huh? Oh, it's, it's so interesting. And yeah, you touched on, you know, like Medina was the guy that we love to hate, but especially in Australia and there's been, you know, the, the, I don't know. You don't, I don't think it's racism. It's just fucking like, nah, it's just, it's uh, just a, whatever it is. It's just a fucking rivalry we have with the superpower. And, um, you know, there's, there's a kind of that, that age bracket of like 40 upwards have a, a real drama with Brazos in yeah, yeah. commons. But, you know, in reality, fuck, I've had way more torturous experiences with Australians and Hawaiians in uh, my surf travels than Brazos. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't hate him because I'd met him so early on. I'd already fucking, I'd already experienced that story and told that story in print that make or break's telling now fucking 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, and I did it for Jaddy and I did it for, for Italo. So very early on, I was very aware of what these guys' stories were. And for that reason, I, I couldn't hate them. You know, I, I couldn't have even a little bit of ill will towards them. I just fucking, I loved them. I loved what they were about. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things about this series is that it sheds so much light and spotlight on what the Brazilians brought to competitive surfing. Like they are the stars of this show. The the, the music, the energy, the dance, mm. but more than that, just the fucking love and respect and camaraderie amongst the contingent on the CT. It's remarkable. It's so remarkable, but it's ex- also, it feels so right. It seems so right. You know, you'll see... Um, Italo will come in after winning a comp. I think, uh, was that, where was him and Medina? Was it at Newcastle? Newcastle, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're hugging it out. They're so close. They greet, all the entourages meet, and they all greet each other with Mm. utmost respect and love. And I just thought, wow, you know, these guys, they've nailed the formula. It's like, when the comp is on, it's fucking bitter rivalry. Mm. It's it's no stone unturned, but that is also considered a massive sign of respect. And uh, you know, to, to to just fucking go your absolute hardest. Then back on shore, it's it's all hugs and love. And I, I just I love it. It's such a great insight. Um, you know, bless the Brazilian Storm for what they've done for competitive surfing. Because for my, for mine, it, it it gets so boring without the, that kind of character and energy and that mm. fresh blood. It was dominated by Australians. Uh, for so long, and, and Americans and, and Hawaiians, and I, 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 they never really brought that. But was, man, they this... had their own energy, and it was great. 
but yeah. it was time for a. It was great for its a time. Fresh injection. It was great for its time. Like the the eighties and whatever else they're smuggling <laughs> in their fucking ring holes. That eighties sort of like mega machismo, outrageous egos, bright fucking weddies, like muscle men just punching it in the pocket. Fucking parties at night, chicks during the day. You know, women surfing, cast off to the side. All of that energy. You would never get that vulnerability if that sh- if this show existed in the eighties. It would be such a different show. Fuck, it would be a fun show to watch. Mm. It would be unbelievable if they really had access all areas. But it just wasn't a time or a place to be vulnerable, and that's what sort of blows my mind about this show too. And the Brazilian Storm, the 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 leaders of that pack, Italo, Medina, and Felipe, in a in a later episode. Oh man, you just can't help but get caught up in their stories and really feel it. And it does, uh, it, it's on that level with everyone who's in it, you know. I, I thought Tyler Wright was epic in the show, you know. Mm. She's been... Straight shooting. Straight shooting, really staunch, sticking up for what she believes in, you know, doing stuff that, that needs to be done. And that women's surfing has always had these sort of figurehead characters, and it's oh, just great. She's Jodie Cooper reincarnated, she is, isn't she? Yes, yes. Uh, so great stuff there, mate. Um, Morgs and bots, you know, and, and that little uh, story with McGillivray sleeping in the back of his car. Like, fuck, man. Welcome to the world tour, mate. Mm. Like, it's not all five-star hotels and jacuzzis and fucking coming out the back for a hot plate in the Dunny, mate. Like, it's none of that shit. That's, that's gone, bro. It's over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, another uh, standout in the show, mate. Your boy, Kennedy, from the fucking Bondi. Oh, Baba Ganoush. Tracks editor, Baba Kennedy, former Waverley College Christian Brothers relief teacher. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, doesn't he inhabit a voice of authority on this show? He, he delivers beautifully, like, the, I guess, the constructs that you need uh, to for the mainstream audience to sort of get a bit of a picture of, of what this all fits within, you know, the, the context of how it all works. So epic job there from Spooky, Luke Kennedy, Tracks Magazine. Get back on board if you have lost it with uh, Tracks for whatever reason, but good shit from uh, Luke and uh, quick, quick, just fucking great to, show. Yeah, really wanted to touch on one of the funniest and most bizarre dynamics that surfing owns all itself and that is you've got guys of medina's ilk like the fucking creme de la creme of celebrity in a country like brazil with fucking mm. 300 million people and like you know just skits celebrity skits money and then there he is living in a fucking overcrowded share house on the north shore with 10 other team riders <laughs> fucking splitting pop tarts and jostling <laughs> for positions for boards in the in the rack like just how bizarre that that like oh. seeing these huge names all clustered in together, Tyler Wright and Medina, like two, two people from complete other ends of the, 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 the life spectrum, but they all get along so well. Yeah. And there's so much respect there. And, you know, they're all, they're like this little, it is like surfing is like this little traveling weird family. Um, and mm. it's so cottage, but so big time at the same time. And Make or Break really captures that, you know, this this weird duality of high profile celebrity with grassroots fucking cottage um, surf industry shit. It's cool to see that it's still alive and, yeah. and the dynamic that brings. I thought that was fascinating. That scene where, uh, you know, they go down to the garage of the, the Rip Curl house and Medina's boards are all just beautifully laid out in the board racks and then all the rest of the boards just chucked in a pile on the ground. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> next level. Morg's getting booted yeah. from the penthouse suite or like whatever it was, the spare room yeah. for Medina and uh, well, for Tyler, in fact. Ah, talk about equality, yeah. Vaughn. You've got to love some equality you like can, that. You can imagine Fletchy, you know, walking into the pipe house and saying, Morg's, Congratulations, mate. You qualified for the tour. Here's your room. Overlooking pipeline. Well done, mate. 
gets the phone call. What's that? Tyler's coming. Oh, women's event at Pipe. That's going to be awkward. Yeah, uh, no worries. No worries. Morgs, back down to the garage, can't Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Oh, yeah, no, my daddy's coming too, so I'm just going to turf all your boards here in this giant <laughs> pile of board bags and bubble wrap. Is that all right? Oh, no, no, so it's all right. Good. It's all right. Of course it's all right. It's got to be all right. You're a fucking rookie. Oh, mate, I'll tell you the one thing. Uh, the, the th- I've got three small criticisms uh, for the show. The first being, um, you know, obviously uh, debuting in a, in a COVID year. No crowds on the beach. I think nah. it's going to benefit a lot when, when they start getting that. Noise, that energy, that swelling and army, mm. you know, mana mm. into the uh, broadcast, I reckon. Um, so that that was a bit odd. And I think it, it kind of, you know, after watching the, the Drive to Survive series, just that crowd, that energy that you need to sort of like lift a show like that and, and showcase to people that fucking when you're on the beach, a 10-point ride or a fucking big pit at Pipeline is exhilarating. You know, you can see it on the faces. Mm. A fair bit of muffled, like, talking like this, wasn't there, for those marks? Yeah, yeah, lots of... <laughs> lots of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it's going to be hard to find people to not like. You know, I, I love that villain aspect to surfing where you're going, all right, we got fucking Cal coming up. Who's he got? Oh, he's got Medina. Fucking, come on, come on, you bulldog. Oh, come I mean, on, surely, Diesel. Surely they can, they can chop up some villainous sequence of freaky Zeke Lau after his couple oh, of Oh, here we go, here we go. Surely. Well, Zeke, yeah, thank God. Oh, let's hope he's, uh, he will. Come on, Ed, he, he do a job him. on him. Do a job on him. He'll be devastated that the ultimate surfer didn't get a season two, but uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, make or break's back for next year and there's going to be crowds on the beach, so that's going to be good. And then uh, the other big loser, mate, was just fucking VD's little cameo, uh, just wiping sweat off for fucking, what, Pretty much my entire little session on that show, I'm just sitting there wiping sweat off because of the Brazilian dancers that we got. Mm. Mate, I'm not, we're not going to spend money on Brazilian dancers and drummers and not get up there and fucking give it some. Yes, no, well said, well said. No, but it got a few laughs nonetheless. Uh, with the company I was watching, it, they like, what the fuck is this? They hadn't seen the, the live footage from our show there in uh, Narrabeen. So I think we come across all right, Vaughn. <laughs> I think we came across all right. You know, there's a couple of going pieces. Cone pieces, gold cone pieces, gone pieces even, getting flinged around yep. and, uh, you know, accolades galore. I mean, we are the dons of degeneracy, the uh, dons of the degenerati. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think we lost any face, Vaughn. No, I don't think so either. But uh, if you do want to cop the full, uh, what, edit episode from that uh, little appearance on Make or Break, it's, it's on our feed. So just uh, trawl back through last year's eps. Get to Narrabeen and uh, have a good sit-down with Italo and Jaddy. Great Arvo, wasn't it? Oh, iconic. Number three. I want to be like Mike. Mike, you're right. He's back. The meat-hacking, punting, mullet-headed, madman, stuffing Mondo technical mm. tubes, uh, big punts in this sick little... I wouldn't even say it's little. Just a sick project he's got going with quick filmer Wade Carroll. Yep. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's fucking mental. If you Google, I think that the clips were called Earth and Retirement and something else. But yeah. uh, dropped 30 minutes of pure mullet-headed madness. And, uh, you know, just good to see Mikey follow his heart and his dreams, uh, which apparently wasn't in a competitive jersey. And power to him because, you know, watching these clips, it made me realize that, yeah, mm. Comps just are not a good format for his kind of surfing. I'd way rather see him just fucking sending it on the most technical tubes you can imagine and uh, just fucking bearing the rail like an absolute butcher from Tari Circa 73. Just (laughs) hoiking, hacking, and hey He's just such a fucking freaky surfer, man. And, And you know what? Ironically, he gets a wild card into Bells. I think he, uh, he sort of, as he was doing his high line, Ronnie. 
uh, was commentating. He's like, oh, well, this will be fascinating. You know, what sort of surfing is, is Mikey been up to? What's Where's he at? What's he going to do? And he just fucking unleashed this drop wallet hack down that pretty much cleavered this wave into fucking two separate oceans, mate. He was like Moses out there, biblical carved down, fucking oh, mate. six different Fuck, fucking tell armies could have just walked through it. There was the crew trail that was left. Fucking hell. There was crew copping spray pellets in the face of Winky Pop. Yeah, it was just uh, madness. Fucking and madness. It took Philippe to bring him down, and Philippe was had to be really on his game, eventual comp winner. So, mm. you know, uh, it's, it's like you, you hear people say, you know, time away from the tour, you, your axe goes blunt, but... Fuck, it's the opposite for Mikey, isn't it? Like, he looks like a guy who is just really tapping into what surfing means to him and it's bringing out his best. Mm-hmm. And watching him surf, it also kind of reminded me that, you know, the best surfing, despite what the WSL says, it often isn't done in their format. In fact, most of the time it's not done in their format. Uh, you know, the best surfing, I reckon, is being done by your likes of Mikey Wrights, uh, you know, your, your Dane Reynolds in his peak. You know, fuck, man, just washing guys with time to spare and conditions to pick, just mm. fucking absolutely curating the perfect environment for them to just fucking hack the bejesus out of it and stuff them. Yeah. I'll, I'll prefer to watch that, to be honest, than the competitive format. Love them both, though. Mm. But uh, let, 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 let's not pretend that, you know, the WSL is the be-all and end-all when it comes to professional surfing. Oh, not at all. I, I think, uh, you know, it exists. It's free. Uh, we can enjoy it, Smithy. That's right. But when Mikey Wright wants to drop clips, you and I are going to be front row and center, popcorn in one hand. Thumb screwing in the thumb other. Thumb screwing in the other. In the other two hands. And just fucking sit down and just gorge on it. Just, just gorge on it, over, mate. eye gurning, eye gorging, fucking beads of sweat rolling yeah. into me lips as I fucking quiver in me seat and slurp on bravo. a thick coke. Bravo, Mikey Wright. Bravo, well Wade Carroll. Well played quick. That was a fucking... Oh, that was a magic little clip drop to, to get the year cracking. Board socks. Number two. The children of the corn tour marches on, rinsed corn. Uh, memories so far. Highlights so far. <sighs> Just uh, far out, mate. Where do we even begin? I guess the most recent uh, episode is, is the one that's really singing with me. Just having that giant goat head down there in Margaret River. Took us so long to get over there, Smithy, but fuck, it was worth it in the end, man. WA Swillians were out in force as we expected. Turbo so froth. many fucking great people. Oh, great people. Like, fucking hell. They're just a different breed over there. And uh, the GOAT and Kirby Brown just were full blown standouts. Can't release, well, wait to release those apps. Because Kirby Brown, some of the shit he took us through with that Facing Monsters film was pure terror. Like, sitting there in a room full of Swillians, listen to him. You know, getting pushed down off the off the rock at the right in that underwater waterfall situation, coming up with a bleeding nose, bleeding ears, bleeding eyes, bleeding fucking corn. Mm. Uh, just from Nothing the pressure build up, and um, just then the goat fucking he just he just gets swillions. He knows what they are. I actually saw him a couple of days after, and he, he reiterated once again as he did last time. You know that that being in the room with uh, the swillian fucking crowd he feels like he can be completely himself he feels like he can actually speak openly and honestly uh in a way that he isn't really able to do in a lot of his daily interactions or or media commitments or anything like that which is to me mate that's just a full-blown reflection of you know the best of australian surf culture and what surfing means to people who listen to this show oh 100 that's exactly why the show was coined 
uh, is to give a, a, a safe space, in inverted commas, mm. uh, for surfers to tell their stories of degeneracy, Vaughn. Mm. And uh, while, you know, the goat's stories of degeneracy were a bit light on, I couldn't help but just sit there in absolute awe as he went on. He was on one. You know? yeah. He was just telling story after story, spinning yarns, ripping jokes, had us in stitches. Next minute, he's offending locals and getting booed and can- <laughs> beer cans thrown at his head. <laughs> this is so cool. It's but, exactly uh, what happened last time. Yeah, it was classic. I, I, I was in awe. I was actually... Uh, uh, you know, I just it was one of those ones where I just wanted to sit back and actually soak in the moment and just let this grand wizard spill his wisdom. Fuck, and that was funny. That's what we got. How good was the end of the night too? Where uh, you know we threw it open to the Swillian questions, ask us a question, and fuck, there was some shit questions. Oh, mate. there was and a couple of mills. Fucking tore. I mean, one bloke had been practicing his question for two days. He'd been uh, rehearsing it all that morning. He was ringing his mates, going, "I've got this question. I've got this question." He just stood up and just froze, mate. Absolutely froze like fucking Geordie Smith in the dying seconds of a clutch heat. Oh, absolutely, yes. It was uh, white chocolate, relived <laughs> uh, with a big dose of mushrooms, which is, you know, interesting. Uh, you'd think the mycelium had weaved through the network of neural pathways mm. and delivered that question perfectly, but this poor codger, he just fucking melted. There was a, a blockage there probably caused by eight beer farm schooners, <laughs> uh, and he had a full-blown melt. In fact, it almost caused a rift in his relationship with his partner because uh, as uh, Oscar Wilde showed us in a picture of Dorian Gray, you know, mm. no one likes seeing their better half fail miserably publicly, mm. uh, you know, in some kind of performance. Mm. There's nothing worse. You almost can't go back and look at look at him in the face, let alone, you know, get on the end of their pipe. Yeah, but so, I mean, <laughs> we'll be able to revisit this moment when the episode comes out and uh, to that bloke, don't take it too hard, mate. We've all been fucking... We've all choked. We've all, we've all cho- choked in the presence of the goat. That's right. Haven't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even when we started that night, we were kind of like a little bit lost at sea after the fucking shenanigans. At the oh, start, yeah. But anyway. We came good. We yeah. came good, Swillians. Uh, quick, quick talk. Uh, the other thing, the other highlight was just Elo and Mick sort of almost going at it. Mm. Was, I really enjoyed that. It's good to have Elo on the, the wazzle prayers with a skinful. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was one of your highlights, wasn't it? When oh. he, he was uh, walking off to the uh, bathroom. That's right. Like, Where picked, are you going? He picked up the uh, the Australian lingo, the Swellian parlance very quick. On his uh, way to the bathroom, he quipped off mic. I'm going to wash my corn. <laughs> well played, Elo. Well played indeed, sir. Bravo. Only one show left. The last show of the Children of the Corn Tour. Manly, May 22nd. Nostril Damas himself down in Manly. That'll be happening at the Stain, 22nd of May. Get your tickets. Mm. Don't miss it. Joel Leslie Parkinson. And we're looking to lock in a Brazilian icon down there. Uh, we'll be lo- there'll be some late guest announcements, as there always is. Uh, yeah. You get what you're giving. You get what you get. And you don't get upset. <laughs> Board socks. Number one. He's back, Vaughn. Medina is back. Pretty persuasive, if you ask me. So uh, stuck. Yep. So stockered. So stockered. It's the worst kept secret in professional surfing. In fact, it's not even a secret anymore. He's back in the game. Uh, for G-Land, and you just kind of get the sense, like, it almost wouldn't matter what was going on in his life, he's not missing that comp. No. If, he, there's, if there's any loophole in the criteria and the Wazzle's uh, contest structure to allow him to surf G-Land with uh, one or two other blokes, he's fucking there, you better believe it. And uh, just watching a couple clips of him out there, holy shit, it, it's been so long since the comp's been held at G-Land, you kind of... You can only you can't actually imagine the kind of surfing they're going to be doing there. Someone mm. like Medina in particular. I mean, you know, you watch the 95, 97 GLM pros. I fucking lived on them as a kid. And, uh, you know, it's all just classical tube riding, really. Mm. 
Nowadays. Well, mate, that, that 97 comp, there was 14 10-point rides in that event. Mm. 14. Can't just stuff in their face, gorging like absolute tube do you think, gluttons. Do you think that Potamo has the panel all rolling around in, in you know, oil, getting oiled up, mm. preparing, mm. ready to just dish out the good gear? Or are we just going to see him tighten up, get the corn mm. so fucking tight, just the balloon knot that tight, mm. you couldn't even put the head of a pin in it. Give us some tens. You reckon a, a couple of uh, a couple of those squishy balls, a couple of those wrist strengtheners between the cheeks? Oh yeah, just squeeze yeah, the cheeks, yeah. get them tighter. So that's tighter. what worries me. Are they going to be on the amyl nitrate? Will the tens mm. flow, mm. or are they going to be on the question. fucking on the stress balls, clenching those cheeks so tight you can't even get a fucking nine point three out of them? Yes. Well, a uh, little bit of amyl, little bit of uh, stress ball. I think it's a, a good mix. We don't want to be throwing them out willy nilly, just fucking <laughs> anal prolapses. <laughs> We want there to be, you know, a little bit of consistency there. We don't want to just full-blown squirt yeah. the bowl. No. Uh, you, you know, don't just tens galore. We don't, we don't want to park no. our crumb ass. Uh, we don't want, we're no more crumb ass. Mm. I don't want any tens at crumb ass. I don't want any tens at that way for fucking a tube and missing the end section hack. No. No tens for you. So uh, let's just see what they bring. But Medina, expect this. Expect fucking tubes and then full rotation hoops like you know like crazy joining maneuvers and uh crazy hacks just high performance surfing mixed in with the best tube riding you've ever seen it's gonna be so mate i was talking to someone the other day about the very first the birth of the dream tour fuck who was it let me think Uh, uh, i think it might have been brooko troy brooks so son of rod who who basically helped engineer that entire event uh, might have even been contest director Rod Brooks, long time Quicksilver surfer, Victorian Hall of Famer. Mm. Uh, oh, Australian Surfing Hall of Famer. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, just a, a fucking great surfer, great administrator. And um, uh, they were basically saying, like, G Land had always been about the tube, you know, leading into that event. And, and as uh, the first event, the, the kickstart to the Dream Tour, you know, everyone was going there going, here we go, barrels, barrels galore, we're on. And it was pumping, mate. It was so perfect. Not huge, huge. but pumping. And uh, Slater just fucking, you know, he got barreled. But, oh, my God, his backside attack out there was just pure vert, hooking it that tight in the pocket. And I think that the Goose are finally going to get their high performance left because if you're not just sort of, you know, it's not that mechanical, endless barrel ride like Chopu. Like, we're in for some fucking high-performance surfing here, Smithy. Best of both Like worlds. you said, mate, the air revs will be fucking on out there. They'll be big. And uh, let's not forget the great Willsy Floater, one of the all-time maneuvers ever seen in competition. Uh, I think that might have been 97 as well. So, man, we're, we're in for something completely new with G-Land back on tour here. And I, I cannot wait to see what Gabby brings to it. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's just hear a, a little interview pirated from the WSL. Well played, Smithy. <laughs> uh, featuring our very own Ronnie Blakey and Richie Lovett. Uh, talking to Medina, who phoned in from wherever he was, probably Mauritius or wherever, during the CT. Neymar's house. I, I, that's what it looked like. I, in the background, I, I saw a few nude models walking oh, around. Oh, true. And yeah. Then I saw Neymar sort of like doing a couple of backflips with his gold chains flying everywhere. It's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You're right. I, uh, yep, yep, yep. Very, very true. Very true. It was uh, a great interview. Very insightful uh, in, in more ways than you can imagine. Um, yeah. Folks. Let's listen to it now. Joining us via the Boost Marble Stay Connected call. He's the three-time world champion. We've missed him this year, Gabriel Medina. Great to see you, brother. How are you? Oh, 
How are you guys? Good to talk to you guys. I miss you guys. Mate, uh, you've been making headlines again around the world. You've got some uh, some big news. Tell us about your feelings. Uh, we know the announcement's been made. You're making your return, and it's all going to go down at G-Land. That's got to be exciting for you. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to back on tour, uh, especially in G-Land. It's uh, a wave that uh, I really like to surf. I, I've been there once, and uh, it's a sick left, and I uh, can't wait to, to be with you guys soon uh, yeah i'm really excited <laughs> gabby we've just made the mid-season cut you've obviously been paying attention uh to what's happening on the tour we're taking the best of the tour now uh have you been staying sharp have you been staying prepared to to face up against uh th this uh condensed tour now yeah i mean i've been watching some hits uh the boys are ripping as usual um and I've been, I've been surfing a lot at home. I've been cruising with my friends, training. Um, yeah, I had a, a, a good time at home, and uh, that was good to, to put my my mindset, you know, in a good point. And, um, yeah, I, I, I feel ready. I mean, I, 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 wanna, I don't want to think about heats or I don't know who I can get in, in a heat, you know. I just want to go there and, just enjoy my time in G-Land. Uh, I know it's a special event for, for everyone on tour, so I just want to make the, the most of it, you know. Um, I know Philippe is leading the ranking, and, yeah, that's that's good news. <laughs> Obviously, we missed you, Gabe, and uh, you got the, the break that you needed, but sometimes you, you see certain days at CT venues, and I'm sure it kind of just fires up your competitive animal what what event have you you missed this year the most yeah uh, this year i think pipe pipe was uh, a hard one to watch uh, the ways were really good uh, yeah the boys were ripping and uh i really like I, I was, yesterday I, I my friends told me joan is not on tour not anymore um i, I wish I, I could surf with him uh, on tour because he's a really good surfer. Uh, he's a good guy and he did amazing at, at pipe. You know, uh, unlucky he got like all the good guys. He got John. He got Jack. He got the ones to beat. You know, so but it's good. I, I know he, he will come back uh, next year. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, pipe was the the, the hard one to watch. I, I miss pipe. Was it uh, fun, though, to sit back and watch Kelly get that remarkable victory and just be a fan and a spectator at that point? Yes, that was really, that was really good. Uh, I love it to watch uh, Kelly winning that event because he's so nerdy. He's, he's really good. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. And what, and what he did that day uh, in the whole event was just incredible. Uh, yeah, I cannot imagine me with, like, 50 years old doing what he's doing right now. <laughs> uh, Gabrielle, you, you mentioned Philippe and how good it is to see him on, on top of the ratings. Uh, who else has impressed you this year in some of the events? Have any of the rookies sort of caught your eye, or is it just the usual uh, surfers that you're looking at to uh, potentially be a threat in the second half of the year? I would say João, for sure. Uh, Samuel Popo. He's doing really good. And uh, Callum Robson, that's, I think that's his name. Uh, he's, he's really good. He's a good surfer. 
uh, he, he impressed me because he's uh, consistent, you know, and he's, he's dangerous in the heat. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would pick these three guys. Um, just finally, uh, Gabriel, obviously, You've got five events, and when you look at that back half of the year, there, there's events there that you've had plenty of success in, and also some new venues. Where do you see yourself ending up at the end of the year? I mean, there's going to be a lot of hype around you potentially making that final five and challenging for a world title. Do you see that happening? Uh, I see opportunity, yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a few ways that I, I like to surf. Uh, I feel like my, my surf fits in these kind of waves. Um, and I don't want to put pressure on me, but uh, yeah, it's, it's makeable, you know, it's makeable. Um, but I just want to surf right now, not focus on who I'm going to get in a heat or if I want to win, if I need to win or whatever, you know. You're I just, just coming back surf. to put on a good show then. Yes, and try to make things harder, you know, to these guys. <laughs> Incredible insight. Can Medina win a world title from here? I mean, G-Land is the best place to get that momentum started, and you'd think if you get to win there, fuck, he's right back in that Mate, well, think back to... Uh, think back to that J-Bay year where it was absolutely cooking. Like, you know, eight foot... Remember him in Italo? Was that the final? I can't remember Fuck, it was the best backhand surfing I've ever seen out there. And the way that they were dealing with those huge open faces. Chuck, okay, let's chuck uh, Chopes, G-Land in the mix, El Salvador, a little bit of a mystery bag. Don't know what we're going to get there. I heard it's a right point. Is that right? Not El right Salvador, point? yeah, it's a right point. Yeah, fuck. Spewing. I feel, I'm really enjoying the idea of these lefts. I, I like the idea of, like, you know, getting a little bit of just something different out there, you know. But anyway... Uh, it, it does play well for a late Medina run up the rating. So I really hope he does what we're expecting him to do, Smithy, because it will make everyone at the top of the ratings start shitting little goat pebbles, mate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> little piles of goat shit all over the fucking Red Bull competitors area.
Juliet's by Reevesby's finest, Australia's finest, Pub Rock's finest, fucking icons from the South Side, working class battler heroes, pissed idiots, latest album, most recent album, Idiocracy. Check it out. Over and under. Freaky Zeke Lau is Ooh. out of the game, Vaughn Ezekiel Lau. Caught up in a bit of a bust up in the warm up for the Margs event in the morning of day two, I think it was. Mm. And uh, Freaky Zeke, he's, he's gotten tangled up with Loke Lord Jacob Chippo Wilcox, and it's uh, turned into a full blown face splashing staunch off. Hey. Classic stuff, Vaughn Corn. <laughs> uh, this is the tale of the tape mm. as reported expertly by Stab Magazine. Uh, Jacob's side of the story. This is uh, word for word what he had to say. I don't want to go bagging him out on the internet. I'm a fair person and I pride myself on being respectful to others and me bagging him out on the internet isn't how I like to deal with shit. But... (laughs) He's going to do it here. This is an honest review of the situation and the video speaks for itself. We had some good words in the water and I had the chance to tell him what I thought and vice versa. At one point, he said that it was, quote, enough. I said, okay, shake my hand and it's done. He splashed water at me like a grub. Grub! No! Fighting words, Ooh, words yeah. staunch words. There grub. is There is no, no bigger put down in this country than a grub. Mm. A filthy little witchy parasitic termite eating your fucking broccoli crops like a grub. <laughs> Fuck off, you grub. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Hey. And that really pissed me off. Imagine if it was the other way around. Me in Hawaii, dropping in on him and then flicking my board at his head. Fuck me, it would be a different story. He's dropped in on and snaked me at sunset and Haliva, and I've just put my head down and copped it. I have respect. I know that it's his zone and I respect that. I know my place in the lineup. We even had a heat in 2019 at sunset where he ducked over behind me and jammed his board into the top of my foot. It cut my foot and I copped that too. In the surf, he's a bully and not used to anyone standing up to him. I told him I'm not scared and I've had enough. It's a fucking two-way street where I come from. And if you have a problem, fucking speak up and work it out, Vaughn. The funniest thing, though, is that after all of this, the next set came in and you wouldn't be able to guess who goes it. I came in after the squash it on the beach and he was gone. I had my heat coming up, so I had to get in the zone after that. But if he wants to sort this out, I'm happy to do so. I can send my location. Whoa. Wow. Well said. Woo-hoo. Strong words. Uh, an iconic rant from Jacob Wilcox, Chippo, Toomey's Lord, Cone Fiend, Core Lord, Extraordinaire. And, uh, you know, Zeke Lau, he's got form in this department. Mm. Um, it's not just... Uh, we know very well what happened with John John there at Bells, but uh, there was another story related to me by a former CT competitor about a Haliva 10,000 couple years ago when uh, our boy, let's just call him a, a Gold Coast pro surfer, mm-hmm. was in position with priority uh, a few minutes to go and a set wave and uh, Zeke Lau on the shoulder trying to tell him you're not going this wave, trying to staunch him, reverse call him off from oh, the shoulder. Cool. And... Uh, our Gold Coast comrade fucking laughed in his face. Said, are you fucking kidding me, cunt? Took off. Destroyed it. Gouge, gouge, gouge. <laughs> Seven. Booted the cut out of cop. Cop that, you imbecile. What do you think this is? Uh, so, yeah. 
classic star five. Well, this could form. be a long year for Chip and Zeke. I mean, they're both back on the Challenger Series, and uh, that's eight events that they're going to have to be free surfing in the same area, possibly pulling on the Rashi. Plenty of room for a fucking rematch. What do you got? Absolutely. And here's uh, Zeke's side of the story, just to keep it balanced. Zeke said, he snaked me after I was waiting out at the peak at main break for 40 minutes, and he said he did his... He did that because I did the same thing to him in Hawaii. But I, rem- I don't remember meeting this kid in my life. I guess this is just his way of demanding some respect. Respect. Do you respect me, bro? Do you respect me, bro? Do you respect me, bro? Come at me, bro. Come at me. Uh, but I'm just here trying to do my job and keep my spot on tour. So, as well, we didn't really explain what happened. But uh, if you haven't seen the footage, what happens is uh, they kind of, you know, cross over. Um, There's kind of a, on a crossover wave. Yeah. They're both surfing reasonably sort of loose and free and fun. It looks all free and fun and, you know, MR and Sean Thompson are back door and free mm. ride. But then uh, Sean Thompson, I, which is Zeke Lowe in this case, flings his board at Jacob's head and I guess that's when it goes uh, all a little bit awry. I mean, look, Zeke Lowe is essentially the Les Boyd of professional surfing. Mm. He's the, the he's Sonny Garcia, reincarnate, uh, Andy Irons, if you will. He, he's a firebrand. Uh, unapologetic, trying to staunch you in the surf and uh, whatever, classic, you know, fuck, I back that. Uh, mm. In the competitive format, I think it's fucking iconic. You need those evil, villainous hotheads in the mix. They spice things up a bit. Uh, in the same breath, I would, you know, if I was Chippo, I would be going straight to the nearest boxing gym, um, which it turns out is Danny Green's boxing gym, mm. who has relocated to Margaret River and, uh, you know, one of the, the beat the pound for pound greatest boxer in history, Roy Jones Jr. in one fucking round, Danny Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be going straight down there and going, uh, hey, mate, I'll, uh, what if I sling you a couple of, uh, you know, beating up to me sleds for a couple of lessons in the, mm. in the ring? Just show me a, a couple of flurries, yeah. you know, a couple of three punch yeah, yeah. combos. Yep, yep, yep. And just yep, get yep, tuned yep, yep, up yep. so you just don't even have to fucking think about copping grief from some pestilent mm. cunt, you know, because really, like, splashing water, even words and shit. Like, it's all fucking gibberish. You, you can really solve most of these problems yeah. with three words, born on the beach. Can't. Well, that's four. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> It all just goes away. You never have to think about it. You know, you never have to argue the point. You just fucking call them out, go yeah. on the beach. If they don't want to go on the beach, then they're a fucking dog and they've got to shut up and fuck off. Yeah. And that's yeah. how it works. That's all. That's how it worked in my life as a teenager. Uh, so simple. Oh, yeah. I'm a man of simplicity, Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, if someone's flinging their surfboard at me, like, it doesn't really matter uh, if... Fuck, mate. I can meditate for an hour a day, get in the ice bath, do 20 minutes of Wim Hof, and if someone flings their surfboard at me, I'm still going to want my pound of flesh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, shades of the Jesse Mendes, uh, Mikey Wright Ooh, debacle, the also in the West. Mm-hmm. The fracker. Yeah, it was a fracker. Yep. Anyway, but uh, I guess, interestingly, you know, another Hawaiian caught up in a debacle, and it is an interesting point that Jacob touches on is like the amount of respect that Australians take to Hawaii and uh, just the, the kind of entitlement coming the other way. And it, fuck, mate, I've had some dastardly uh, runnings with wines in Indonesia too. Very strange. It comes it comes from a, a place of, you know, that there is a, an element of Polynesian culture that is fearsome and, and, and warrior style. And I grew up in the middle of it, you know, playing rugby league. Fuck, mate, I was cracking skulls with mm. Finnell, Mucka Mucka and Albie Tweer every second weekend. And, uh, you know, 
playing in football teams where I was like one of four or five uh, white guys in the team. And, uh, you know, I understand the culture, but the Hawaiian culture has a, it's like almost has like an American spin on Polynesian culture. Um, there's, there's some heavy uh, menacing energy there, you know, take what you can get, fucking power up, domination at all costs. And bringing that into the surf space just seems fucking crook to me. Um, especially when you, when you're, a guest or a traveler in another country. I mean, talk about spreading the aloha. Um, you know, fuck, man. I don't know what book of aloha Freaky Zeke Lau is reading from, mm. but it's not my book of aloha. Well, the West is, you know, it's full of fucking heavy water waves, big fucking life-threatening slabs. Like, it's got a lot of similarities to Hawaii in terms of, you know, having to show respect out in the water because uh, wrong moves can fucking put lives in danger. Mm. Uh, and for that to not be recognised is, mate, yeah, that seems odd, doesn't it? It's a, it's a disconnect. There's, there's no yin and yang there in terms of like what you're talking about, getting away, understanding that there's a culture, there's fucking surfers out there who you've never heard of who fucking know how to surf that kind of waves, those setups, the the, the way that it all moves and, and shakes over there. Like that needs to be applied to everywhere in the world, but particularly waves uh, in areas where you know that the fucking surf is gnarly. And it's it's challenging, and that there's going to be fucking locals who you've never heard of who don't give a fuck that you're in the comp. Uh, I mean, it's just you know, I mean, at a crowded main break where everyone's practicing, it seems absurd that to get angry that fucking uh, you've got a local on your inside who wants to fucking get a wave when he's in the comp as well. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? I mean, it doesn't make sense. This is a guy, Chippo, lives in a house that pretty much you know it almost has a direct line of sight to Marg's main break. Mm. Like, can you imagine? Scorching fucking Baron Mamiya pipe in the lead up to a contest. Oh, like you, you, it's unthinkable. Yeah, it doesn't or, matter or Mason, how long you wait. Mason Ho, doesn't matter how long you wait. No one's going to have any sympathy for you sitting out there for forty minutes trying to get a practice wave. Like, did Molly Picklem or Morgs get fucking a single wave out of pipeline in that endless run of swell before the pipe masters? Yeah, that's nah. three months of fucking pump and surf and no. Hawaiian local missed out on a single set wave, mate. That's right. No, and, not and, one. And, and where this arrogance and entitlement comes from, it comes from the idea that Hawaiians have the mortgage on being hard cunts. That it, it, there's like an implied kind of physical superiority that, yeah, I'll do what I want because I can and I'll flog you. And, I, mate, I, I mean, me personally, mm. I wouldn't cop that. I'd fucking it, – it's not, it's not that hard to learn how to fucking throw a good three-punch combo. And uh, I did it when I had to. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, fuck, I don't Mate. know. It just, it's, uh, you can't let bullies stand over you. It's, it's the reason Jeff Horn is the great Australian boxer he was. He got bullied and he got bullied and he got bullied. And then he fucking went to the boxing gym and he learned how to fight. And then he beat Manny Pacquiao at a packed house arena in Queensland. Sure, it was a rigged mm. decision. And, uh, but you know. That's just, it's the classic trajectory. But, Let's hope Chipo learns from this incident of bullying and tunes up. Mm. There's a story that uh, was getting around when I was editing Waves Mag. So this is a long time ago, but it's around about the uh, sort of early 2000s when Chopes, you know, really fired up. When Chopes appeared on the map as something other than just uh, another, you know, wave in the Pacific with a sick barrel. Like when everyone went, wow, hang on a minute. This is uh, a big wave destination that a lot of people want to get a piece of. And um, there was this story, fuck, man, I'd love to know if you've heard of this, where the black shorts got wind that, you know, it was getting crowded. It was getting too crowded. It was like lives were starting to, to uh, you know, be threatened out there by just the fucking number of crew who wanted to go and get a piece of it. 
and a diplomatic group together to go an over envoy. it. An envoy. Yes, thank you. An envoy you. of Core Lords. So uh, a, a bunch of, of black shorts went to Tahiti to speak to the locals and say, hey, we need to start policing this like we do pipeline. Well, we, we've got to like make this Polynesian connection and rope this joint off so that you don't get fucking stitched up. And the Polynesians, uh, this is, is the version of the story that, that I've heard, were just like, nah, man. No, that's not the spirit of like surfing. That's not the spirit of this place. Like, we'll police it with respect, mm. and, and that will do. Like, we don't need to fucking start, you know, beating our chests and fucking threatening violence uh, because we trust that people who come here to surf this wave will fucking do it in the right spirit. And it's like, man, I was always blown away by that. I, whether it's true or not, don't know, but I, I, I'm pretty sure there was something going on in that sort of vein around that time. And um, pretty amazing that, you know, the, the, there was a different approach and a different attitude towards the overcrowding of this fucking monumental and, and now another mecca, another surfing mm. spiritual zone. And it has the polar opposite form of localism there. You're dead right. That story did transpire. Mm. And uh, it transpired in Bali and in Indonesia as well. They tried to open a, a chapter of the Black Shorts there um, through Mudai Kasim. And, uh, you know, for a bit, mm. there was a kind of staunch form of localism at, at Padang and some of these other popular waves. But it just didn't gel with the Balinese culture, which is all about karma. And, you know, yeah, you, you can't be a greedy fucking violent glutton it's mm. just not conducive to their spiritual belief system which is so much fucking older than surfing and will yep. always preside over that island mm. credit to it incredible belief system incredible people tahiti same deal uh you know they have the complete opposite spin on it where in fact when the big dogs paddle out there they make their way to the lineup by shaking hands with mm. everyone in the lineup mm. saying g'day uh you know and it's this you know give respect get respect and i've had mates who, who've gone to chopes who aren't great surfers by any stretch but they fucking love it there because they get accepted into the community because they're respectful people mm. and um you know and they end up getting you know whipped into fucking you know eight ten twelve fifteen foot fucking slabs uh paddling them obviously is, is the way uh to make your way up the rungs there but yeah it is an incredible uh, the way localism is meted out in chopes and bali i think is is the blueprint for it mm. and I, 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 to be honest i think hawaii's got it wrong Mm. Uh, on the North Shore, at least. Uh, I think maybe they're, they're coming out of those dark days, and it's iconic to talk about the, the heavies, your Marvin Fosters, mm. uh, Mickey Nielsen, Stan Kealoas, Sonny, John, JBG, Johnny Boy, and all that. It's, it's a classic. It's classic shit. It's classic yeah. folklore. But also... But that, what, what it does ultimately, Vaughn, mm. is it fucking leaves the perpetrator of the sins, be it Zeke in this case, or you know, in bygone era, Sonny, it leaves them sick. Yeah. Localism... Is a sickness. Yeah. I wrote a story about this for Stab Magazine. Mm. When I think back to my heady youth, like, man, the anxiety you get after a, a punch up on the beach or any kind of, like, you're just loading your fucking central nervous system up mm. with cortisol, the stress hormone. Yeah. So bad for your mental health, so bad for your organs, mm. bad for everything. You just feel like shit for a week after. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, that's the karma of being a staunch local is you're making yourself sick yeah. from it. Yeah. But, I mean... Uh... <sighs> In defense of the Hawaiians, it wasn't always like that. You know, like I think right up until those mid-70s, uh, it, it was a place of welcome, uh, welcoming and sharing and all that sort of stuff. It was when the ego, the money and the drugs and just that fucking sense of entitlement came with all the traveling surfers to Hawaii. Mm. That's when shit went pear-shaped. And let's not... And like, fuck, man. Those sorts of traumas, like being told, like you, you don't surf your waves as good as we do and fucking... 
I'm in the comp and get out of my way. And like to a to a to a, a nation of surfers who have fucking literally grown up with that word aloha, you know, sharing love like that. Their whole experience of life is that. And to just have your face fucking rubbed in it because you you're not sticking up for what you, you know, what what you are by birth. Like it's your fucking area. Uh, I feel like that's. It makes sense why there has been that aggression over the years. Because fuck, it's not like there's less people going to Hawaii every year. Mm-mm. And let's let's be real. Like uh, you know, this anger where it really stems from, it's colonisation. Mm. It is the sense that something has been stolen from them. Um, Hawaiians like the, the the chip on the shoulder. And I, you know, I've had this t- spelled out to me word for mm. word by Kalara Alexander. It's that you know. Fucking white people, Americans, mainlanders, Europeans, whatever you want to call them, came. They fucking, uh, you know, stole the land, fucking brought diseases, yeah. wiped out heaps of people. And now they want the waves too. And interestingly, you know, when I think back on my youth, the reason I was fucking so enraged was because I was in a community where there was money pouring in and the writing was on the wall and it was getting ripped apart by gentrification. We mm. all knew we were on on the chopping block. We were mm. going to be the first to go. So I was like, well, fuck, you know, you, you, you've jacking the rents you're buying you're destroying our community uh the one thing you're not going to get is waves and mm. then I, I i made it my mission to, to to lock down fucking the water when i was there and uh you know i regret it but uh there was forces be it colonization or capitalism um that were playing out behind the scenes that surfing kind of fit into but it wasn't surfing itself that was the bedrock of it mm. all it was fucking just Greed and power and dominance and uh, you know, yeah. yeah if you got nothing, to, you gotta watch out for the cunts. You got nothing to lose, Vaughn. That's right. That's right. But I, I, I do agree. I think that uh, you know, uh, as as things are changing and, and that you know, fuck, mate, the North Shore is not what it was at all. I mean, a couple of blocks back from the beach, yeah, maybe in a couple of areas, but it is just fucking millionaires row along the front and um. Yeah, there's a there's a massive shift in in the culture of the place in the the people who are growing up there and um, this sort of the, the aggression that you're talking about that we're seeing it feels misplaced, doesn't it? When you're traveling the world, when you when you're fucking, you know, you're visiting areas, you, you're going to be visiting uh, surfing with people who are locals. You you can't just be paddling out going, I've got a fucking heat. Fuck you, I've been waiting for ages. You just can't do it. Mm. Nah, well said. Oh, well, I mean, what are we, over, under? It's, uh, oh, look, uh, it's the yeah. whole episode's a bit of a, a storm in a teacup, kind of. Like, mm. do you think uh, Jake Pato would have been coaching Zeke, wouldn't he? Or would have had a hand in there? He was uh, doing a lot of uh, work with Zeke over the years. Do you think they've, like, ironed it out yet? Or it's just like, let it simmer, bring on the Challenger series. Oh, how good's it going to be? Gloves off, octagon in the car park, oil them up. <laughs> Let's see it. It's a great story. That's what sport's all about. I mean, fucking hell. You, you look at the sport that we love, Vaughn, rugby league, and it is chock-a-block, wall-to-wall with blood feuds mm. every minute of every game. Yeah. And the surfing could do with a couple more if you ask me. So yeah. bring it on. I'll give it an over. <laughs> over. Another big bust up in the West, Vaughn. The comrades in the pro surfers socialist union have threatened to lock arms and shut the whole cunt down over the uh, mid-year cut controversy. Mm. Um, In the petition sent to the WSL, it was signed by 29 CT surfers out of 51. 29? Mm. Out of 51? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. More than 50%. No, you want to know who signed it exactly? Yeah. And who the scabs were? (laughs) Scabs! Uh, it was signed by the following surfers, Connor Coffin, Connor O'Leary, Philippe Toledo, Federico Moraes, Griffin Colapinto, 
Idolo Ferreira, Jack Robinson, Jadson Andre, Chloe Andino, Leo Firavani, Maddie McGilvray, Miguel Pupo, Morgan Siblick, Owen Wright, Yago Dora, Callum Robson, Carlos Muniz, Imai DeVault, Jackson Baker, Jake Marshall, Liam O'Brien, Luca Messinas, Carissa Moore, Lakey Peterson, Malia Emanuel, Tatiana, Betty Lou Secura, Gabby Bryan, Indy Robinson, Luana Silvan. Silva, they are the proud comrades. Unionists. Locking arm, unionists, hammer and sickle all the way. These are the scabs! <laughs> Gabrielle Medina, scab! <laughs> Kelly Slater, scab! John John Florence, scab! Kyle Belly, Seth Moniz, Geordie Smith, Ethan Ewing, Nat Young, Zeke Lau, Samuel... Oh, Zeke Lau, no surprises there. Scab! <laughs> Sammy Pupo, Jiao Chianka. Wow, didn't sign the petition. Happy to go back to the CS. Mm. Well played. David Silver, another. He's uh, signed his own life away there. He's gone. Breeza Hennessy, Joanne DeFay, Tyler Wright, Isabella Nichols, Scab! Molly Picklam, Scab! Stephanie Gilmore, Scab! Courtney Conlog, Sally Fitzgibbon, Bronny McCauley, and Caroline Marks. So uh, that's the, they're the, uh, the strikers and non-strikers. The, the letter itself, look, the crux of what the problem is, is this. Mm. Read it. I'm, I'm so fascinated to know. I mean, I, I knew that there was a petition. I knew that there was uh, a deep feeling of unrest amongst the uh, the villagers in terms of the wazzle sitting up there in their fucking castle, drinking the champagne, licking the caviar off each other's nip-nips and uh, just making decisions that affect people's lives without any thought or care for their mental well-being, Smithy. Oh. These are athletes. Wow. These are athletes, mate. Mm. That's right. Uh, think about it. No, no. You've got to think about it. No, you've got to think about the pressure, mate. The pressure. That's right. The pressure is immense. The emotional toll, the physical cool toll, the toll on your on your bowels before a big heat. It's all immense, Vaughn. Mm. Now, this is what they had to say, the Socialist Surfers Union, in their letter to the Wazzle. A substantial number of the surfers are greatly concerned that the cut this year will leave them with reduced income after the impact this new format has had on their current sponsorship contracts we've reduced prospects of requalifying for the 2023 ct mm. in addition the level of prize money on challenger series events is much below the levels expected when the special committee approved the new ct format ah, change the change the goalposts ah, it's what it looks like to me vaughn goalposts here now they're there ah. the surfers incur large costs relative to average individual income to compete on both ct and CS events, which makes doing so uneconomic. I think. I don't know who drafted this. I don't know if it was the big O. I don't know if it was Jack O'Baker, but there's some fucking terrible parlance, some terrible <laughs> writing there. Uneconomic, not a word. <laughs> but a good point, nonetheless. Uh, you know, it is like the thing about it is, it's when you watch other sports, you, know, you look at rugby league, right? Every player in that squad is competing for his place in the team every mm. week. Yep. It's a week-to-week proposition, whether you're fucking getting game time, getting contracts, getting you know, uh, additional money. But you know, these guys are not traveling the world. The, the, the overheads are much, much less. So, mm. I mean, the amount of money it costs to travel the world, uh, doing Challenger Series events, not to mention the, the toll it takes on being away from loved ones. Touring is just not a fucking very happy existence no. compared to being at home with your family in stability, routine, structure. Chuck in fucking hotel quarantine stints and all the rest of it, you know, which is what you know the Aussie battlers went through and the Brazilian battlers went through and everyone went through last mm. year. Fucking horrendous. Mm. 
Um, so it's a good point. Anyway, I continue with the letter. Back in 2020, the when the WCL negotiated with us this new format, we were told that the calendars of CT and CS wouldn't have any conflict. We would be able to finish the CT and then focus on the Challenger Series. Now, having the CT surfers obliged to compete also in CS events is resulting in quote-unquote event congestion mm. for many athletes who have to compete in back-to-back -back CT and Challenger Series events, potentially adversely affecting their preparation for remaining CT events. Event congestion, Vaughn. Oh, so hang on. This is an argument for the CT surfers, not the Challenger C Series surfers. Well, for those uh, going between the two, yeah, um, needing to keep their spot, well, I don't know if it makes sense. No, now. no, that doesn't make sense. Well, this, well, that particular sentence is only geared towards looking after the CT surfers who are now obliged to surf in two Challenger Series events. There's only eight. So that means you're adding two more events to your calendar no matter what mm. uh, if you're a CT surfer. Like, yeah, I understand why they want CT surfers at these events, but it's so unnecessary. Like, if you're locked in, if you've made the back half of the tour, check your later Challenger Series. I'm not going. That's uh, a good point. There's no yeah. need. There's that's no need point. to go in it. I mean, Slater's going to Snapper because he wants to surf Snapper with three guys out, and that's that's the only reason he's there. I mean, other than the fact he's fucking completely obligated to surf in two CSs, so why wouldn't you just pick Snapper? But I think it's uh, I think that bit of it is unfair towards the Challenger Series crew. I just don't know why. You know, you get John John in round one of your Challenger Series campaign. You're, you're fucking cooked. toast, mate. You're a cook. Sure. Doesn't matter how good you surf, like. Yeah, it's a good story in the in the uh, context of the event. If you have a, I don't know, let's just say a, a Joel Vaughan taken down Sl uh, Slater or a John John, uh, it's a good feather in his cap before his career starts off. But mate, he'd much rather be on the CT, and that is a massive roadblock that is kind of unfair for some. I know you, you can say like you know they're going to have to surf against them when they get there anyway. It's a good experience, blah blah blah. But I'm kind of with him on that one. Mm, mm. That is a good point. Now you touched on it. Every one of the critical points there. The uh, letter continues. Also, there has been an increase in injuries this season, which compounds the problem. There is no transparency regarding the future of the surfers that got injured during slash before pipe and are unable to make the cut. With only two injury wild cards available. Liam O'Brien, mm -hmm. case in point. Uh, some of them might not even have a chance to surf the tour after working and investing so hard to qualify. Many are still surfing and competing while injured, even with concussions, to re-qualify for next year's CT. It is not healthy for elite athletes to compete in too many events in such a short period. Because we know what happens, Vaughn. They end up lame like a racehorse and getting taken to the glue factory and a bolt <laughs> put straight to their fucking head. Mate, somewhere in the world, Damien Hardman's going, how many fucking events did I surf that year I won the world title? Oh, 24. <laughs> 24, week after week after week. No waiting period. Sleeping in the scaffolds. Oh, imagine his knees after grinding one foot summery France. His knees and hips and lower back would be fucked. Oh, mate, Baney. No concussions. No one. chance of a concussion. Baney's just, oh, he's already got the bags of cement. He's just pouring, pouring them into those little uh, keep cups so that there's no pollution at the beach. Here you go, mate. Cup of hard enough. So, yeah, it is not healthy for athletes to compete in too many events in such a short period. Most of them are mentally exhausted. And mental health has always been our major concern. As a next step to this petition, the surfers would like to meet as soon as possible to discuss these concerns, etc. Mm -hmm. We feel, as surfers, that we have shown our willingness to work with the WSL. But the WSL 
hasn't shown much willingness to work with us. So you know what that means, Vaughn? Lack of respect. No respect, <laughs> which means strike and scabs. <laughs> Classic. Classic old bit of argy-bargy between the unionists and the scabs, Vaughn. Mm. It's good to see a bit of that ancient old school beef. We're alive and well in the ranks of professional surfing. The WPS always have had plenty of clout. They've always stood up for what is best for the surfers. But the argument can be made that giving them too much power is akin to letting the lunatics run the asylum. And we know what that happened. We know what happens when that happens, Vaughn. It's uh, feces smeared all over the walls. It's electrodes put where you shouldn't put electrodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's straight jackets being put on nurses. Mm. It's just not a good scene. So, Match, uh, matchsticks keeping the eyeballs open, uh, sit down, tape to a chair, forced to watch the drift with Rob Machado over and over and over, and over, over again over. until you just finally inhabit a sense of calm and uh, submission. Yeah, look, mate, I reckon, uh, I reckon the big problem here is how did it get to this point? You know what I mean? Like, have the WSL just dug their heels in right from the word go and just said, no, 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 stop whinging. Or have the WPS got to a point where everyone was feeling that pressure, feeling the the wheels starting to come loose in terms of like how they were going for the year, the pressure starting to build and come back and said, you know, uh, we don't like where this is heading. Like, and we don't agree with you guys moving the goalposts in this sort of like little interim period between us agreeing to these changes and what's going on now. And it, it's weird that it's just being played out in this kind of, you know, uh, situation where you're having to get petition signed and, and fucking strike action threatened to be heard. Mm. Don't you think? Oh. Mean that's a bit weird. Yeah. Oh. It's, a, it's got shades of Joel Tudor all over again where mm. you're, just, you're playing it out in public instead of just... Because, I mean, the WSL has shown that they're willing to be flexible when something's going on. You know, like, I mean, fuck, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but let's just say... Uh, moving the, the, the women's comp to pipe. Uh, yeah, moving the women's comp. Even, like, you know, uh, re- reacting comp. instantly when the, the, the pay was... was uh, uh, That big pay gap existed. They just mm. moved instantly. Like, whack. From now on, it's all, it's all going to happen. So, I think there's space to initiate change here. Uh, and I think the change could be for the better. Um, if everyone can get to the table and speak openly and honestly with each other. Mm. But uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting shit, Smithy. Uh, as far as like, as far as the economic and, and mental health aspects of this whole thing goes, like, man, it, it's, it's a good thing to keep an eye on for sure, but far out. It's, it's, it's such a, a tense part of sport that will never, ever change. Like, our surfers worse off than any other sport where you're not performing. Like that pressure to to perform and the financial repercussions of not performing are so entwined, man. Mm. That's part of the game. Uh, mm. Have the WSL made it harder? I don't know. It's hard to say, mate. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when you're seeing guys like Matty McGilvray, these rookies sleeping in their cars, um, you know, in order to compete on the world tour, not look, a good look. It's not a good look for professional well, surfing. At professional the elite sport, level. That's uh, mad. That's mad. And it's not like there's a shortage of money in surfing. Like the fucking industry is just chock-a-block of it. So you've got to really ask, where's that money going? And why are rookie surfers? And why is there this financial hardship amongst the elite surfers? There's fucking millions of people surfing on this planet, getting around in surf industry where? Yeah. Where's the money going? 
Why is it not feeding down to the creme de la creme? These are the top 35, even the top. Well, there should be enough money for the top 50 surfers competitively on planet Earth to make a handsome living while traveling the world, not having to fucking sleep in their cars and shit. Yeah, there, there needs to be some sort of like, let's get the union fired up. Well, that's it. Let's get the union fired up. Strike. <laughs> Strike. It's not the WSL we should be looking at. It's the fucking Spottos, mate. If there should be a base rate for if you get it. And like, the problem is, I think that what happened with uh, GFC and then again followed up in the um, the COVID, the big COVID, you know, economic breakdown that was supposedly going to come, but actually ended up saving surf companies or making them lots of money. Mm. Um, it gave everyone a chance to just rinse out their teams and 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 drop wages and and really like you know I guess. The maths, it is a bit skew-if, isn't it? Because on one hand, you're going, well, how many board shorts and wetsuits is this person selling for me? Uh, up against this person doing their absolute best, breaking their back to try and make the tour and make a living and represent this company that's that's like they've got to deal with. Fuck, man. It's, it's like there's a, there's a complete misfire there or, or disconnection between the value that someone actually brings to a brand and then the value of their work ethic and their struggle to represent that brand on a world stage. That's right. And, and bizarre. Sure, you you know, let's take, for example, say say someone like Matty, sure, he might not move the amount of board shorts that Mick or Medina does. But the thing about elite sport is you don't have the cream without the fucking watery, milky dregs beneath it. <laughs> Grassroots, the well, battlers want to prop the top up. They, that's what keep the top sharp. But this they, is... they need each other. It's a symbiotic Stevie. relationship. And I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> suggesting in any way, shape, or form that Maddie McGilvray is some kind of watery, milky weak drag. Far from it. But the this guy is... brought the Margaret, Margaret River Vaughan. This is the great irony of all of it is that Maddie McGilvray leapt into public consciousness more than he has ever done in his entire career so far. Because of that cut, because of the pressure, because of his performance in like fucking looking that pressure in the face and stepping up to it. And man, it and was such going, a fucking massive I'll heat. I'll sip on you cream. Yeah, I'll sip that cream. I'll, I'll come. But that like, it was a huge heat for all of Australia who didn't want Owen Wright to get eliminated. Yet it was a fucking massive flag in the sand, almost like a Jerry Maguire. You know, the moment where the, the fucking he's... he's down and out, sort of like uh, underground dude, show me the money guy, like gets his game winning moment. Because all of a sudden, everyone knows who Matt McGilvray is. They're like, fuck, this guy rips. He absolutely tore in when it really mattered. And as a surf fan, you have got to respect that, Smithy. You've got to respect. respect. Respect! Especially when, you know, he comes in from his heat, sticks his board in the sand next to his swag on the beach and just rolls up for a bit of Murray Cotton for it. It's quarterfinal later on the day. Yeah, mate. He was staying in a really nice pano, I heard, just behind the no, contest. Right? Like, yeah. Creme but, uh, creme. No, it's, it's amazing because this cut, is shining a light on the back end of the tour and making it so much more absorbing that the value will start to increase for those surfers who in the past might have just been, uh, what do they call them, journeymen mm. and women, where they just occupy the space on tour. They kind of got there. They might make a fucking quarter here or there over the 10 years that they fall on and off the tour. Now you've got fucking pure pressure coming onto these people and they've got to deliver. 
And when they do, it's exhilarating. For surf fans, for surf companies, you've got something to invest in there. So let's see the money. Show me the money, Smithy. That's right. Show me the money. We know what it means when money trickles in. uh, As the the economists, the neoliberals will tell you, it comes in and then it trickles down. As far as some corporate cunt who fucking stops that trickle and snuffs Matty McGill right out. (laughs) Oh, wow. What a a great breakdown of the... uh, the economics of the cut and the strike action that was threatened to go down. But Elo was fucking resolute, mate. When he was on the Torquay Live episode, he was uh, backing it 100%. He was staunch. I heard there's a, a three-year deal in place. So I, fuck, I haven't done my research here, so don't quote me on that. But with the West Australian government, they were really interested in being the cut comp. Ooh. They love the eyeballs. Oh, they got they, money to throw around, don't they? They all had that, a bit of money. Reinhardt neck flap money, mate. <laughs> The quartz crystals just ripping it out of the ground, throwing it straight in the cut. And then, uh, so open cut. Yeah. Cut it, mine it, throw yep. it at the cut. Cut! Uh, we'll be the state of broken dreams. Send them on over. We'll fucking send them home in body bags. Don't even worry about it. Or I'll send them up to Carrara. Lacking a bit of quid on you. Go and get a gig yeah. in the mines and. Fucking get back so actually, on the gravy tick train. Do you reckon that? Do you reckon there was like a Clive Palmer or a Gina White Reinhardt walking around uh, just after the cut, handing out flyers, going, "Oi, here you go." That's a that's a little uh, application form for uh, up north. Oh, we know how much they call. love foreign labour up there. Mm. So uh, interesting, Smithy. But uh, is any other news on the cut there? Before? No, no, that's it. That's it. That's a wrap, Vaughn. I, I have to give. Look, the thing I don't understand, Vaughn, is just. Surfing is more popular than ever. It's on an exponential mm. growth curve. I mean, you've only got to fucking paddle out at any kind of a joint and get fucking snaked by a bunch of kooks mm. to know how packed out and popular surfing is. Yet, there's the money doesn't seem to be pooling. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. All this hardware is being sold. Mm. People are surfing. It's more popular than ever. This should equate to an increase in profits, which should thus trickle down... Uh, to the creme de la creme, or not even all of them, mm. all of them. They all mm. should be getting paid for. But you know, I'm no, I'm no fucking economist. I'm no uh, fucking Kale Bell Warren or uh, you know Lee Friedman or fucking any of these cunts. But mm. I just, I know when cunts are getting ripped off, and I know when it's time to strike. <laughs> Now's the time. So well played. Uh, I hope you get your money, but also hope the cut stays. And uh, a little shout out too, Smithy, because at the Perth show, a uh, bloke right up the back of the room towards the end of the night, he, uh, oh, I don't have his name, I'm sorry, mate, I know you're listening, but um, he threw out a, a question about the strike and uh, without the context of, of the cut talk and all that going on, everyone missed it. Mm. And I just wanted to give him a little shout out because uh, that whole last section of Unders and Overs just for you, buddy. Oh, it was a great question and uh, he just didn't phrase it. Correctly, mm. just ask me point blank about strike action. What I think, <laughs> yes. fucking back it every day of the week. That's all we got as human beings, as people. We got to collectivize, unionize, and fucking shake the filth down. Get what we deserve, which is money and time and energy. Mm. Up the swellians. Speaking of strike action and soul sucking politicians and dodgy capitalism and scams, worn. Big news coming out of The Rock, Hawaii, Makua Rothman, 
He's going into politics, Vaughn. He's following in a long line of threatening waxhead pugilists to go into the varnished halls of politics and crack some fucking skull. Mm. Uh, BJ Penn, Dustin Barker, Tulsi Gabbard, etc. Hawaiians make for staunch fucking politicians. And I back it. Aloha, bra. I'll stick your nuts in a jar. Mm-hmm. I back it, I back it, I back it. Uh, this is what he had to say, Makua Kai Rothman. I decided to turn down the opportunity for awards or money and use the platform to speak about issues that were of concern to my community. Uh, he's, you know, big wave world champ, winner of the Billabong Double XL Award for riding a 66-footer at George when he was 18. Uh, yeah, and, man, it's incredible. BJ Penn, uh, he's going into politics. He's having a tilt for Honolulu, Honolulu City Council. BJ Penn, pound for pound, one of the greatest UFC mm. fighters in history. Avid waxhead. Pro staunch cunt, 24-7. Yeah, so here's what McCool had to say. He's the full rant. Today's the day for me to step in there and put my name up to run for office. I'll be holding some conferences soon. And obviously the traffic and management of tourism out here uh, and working with the state and everyone on the island and working together with the other constituents. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I would never run from a fight Oh, sorry, this is BJ Penn, in fact. Mm. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I would never run from a fight or sell out my people. As soon as I step into Hawaii's governor office, I will remove all new federal and state mandates that have been hurting our economy, residents, and ohana. We will get the best doctors, medicines, therapies, and healthcare in the world has to offer to fight this pandemic and always keep Hawaii among the healthiest and safest states in the union. We will get rid of all vaccine passports. Hawaii will be a vaccinated with aloha and unvaccinated with aloha policy for everyone. Same with the masks. We follow the constitution to the T. I'm not here to fit in with other politicians. I'm here to get our freedoms back. Wow. Fucking wow. Legend. Fight well said. words well from a couple said. of fighters. McCool Rothman. I mean, talking about, uh, oh, look, getting the tourism in order, the management of tourism, mm. look, it, you know, it doesn't fill me with confidence. Uh, I'm seeing a return to form in the black shorts. Uh, <laughs> when I'm, you know, just, just standing at the airport with his uh, with his wolf pack whistle. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, out come the boys in the shorts, steer the plane, all of them as they're getting off, straight back, out, out the back door, straight back in the front door, <laughs> plane takes off. Management sorted, Hawaii, back in safe hands. Yes, uh, very foreseeable, Vaughn. And, uh, I mean, BJ Penn, uh, wow. I mean, what would you do? Confronted with BJ Penn in some kind of uh, verbal tirade in the varnished halls of politics and you've got uh, one of oh. pound for pound gr- just just, bloodthirsty it, heathen it actually, staring you down. That does bode well for uh, a, a new look parliament where, you know, these slimy fucking reptiles who are, you know... That weird translucent lizard skin mm. who have been sitting in there making decisions based on how much fucking grease will go into their back pocket. Mm. Just getting folded quietly and calmly into a little ball and just flicked out the fucking window by BJ Penn. I think it might be the way to, to start handling these, uh, these sort of, you know, these fucking systems that have been broken by fucking lifelong party interests instead of the fucking needs of the people, Smithy. Well said. I mean, politics is a very different game when you're a good chance of getting fully fucking beaten down in the car park after a, a, a strong argument in, in, you know, sure, you might have trounced BJ in the verbal uh, to and fro, mm. but round two's in the car park, cunt, and you're not <laughs> going to win that, and you know it. And uh, McCool Kai Rothman, I mean, what, what can't this guy do? Mm. Fucking stuff, Mondo cones at pipe. Win big wave world champs, fucking pack the Mondo fucking mm. West Bowl at 
Jaws. Rips a mean little ukulele solo. Digga, 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 digga. Just dropping <laughs> the chart top and hits. Tell you what, the uh, fairy floss eating uh, Dr. Pepper crew, they yeah. love it. Yeah. They go mad for it. I love it. I remember the life I used to live. Government stamps and relatives living in a tent down by the cliff. Desperation. Mate, uh, I just want to see more surfers doing taking the lead here mm. and and more MMA fighters. If, if we're going to, like, you know, we've got an election coming up, Smithy. We've got an election coming up. How many former fucking cone stuffers have we got fucking contesting this thing? Like, mate, we can't let the lizards back. We can't do it, Smith. Uh, just seriously for one second. We have got to make change in this country. And we, we cannot that's fucking right. let scomo, hashtag scomo, Fucking do another term. We nah. just can't do it. So get up, get stuck into it, crew. Fucking get down to your, do your research. Find out who your local members are or your local, uh, you know, who's running in your zone. But keep an eye on the big picture too, Smivy. Like fucking figure it out. Enroll right now. Fucking swellings. It's your duty. Enroll. 100%. We, we've got to make change here. And uh, find out how to vote. Do the little bit of research on how to vote properly. Don't just draw a giant dick and fuck you on your ballot sheet. I know it's tempting. Oh, it is tempting. Do you know they actually have a, a full-blown envelope pile just for dick drawings? Mm. So a lot of dicks get get put in, mm. in the ballot boxes. Mm. Let's just be glad that uh, some guy called Dick doesn't run for office. Oh, because... yeah, mate. They would be in. In yeah. like a Instantly. fucking shot. But... Uh, yeah, now come on, come on, Swillians. Find out what's going on and back the fucking issues that, that matter to you guys. Like, you can't let these fucking clowns tell you how it should be. We've got to make the calls. And just vote some fucking house, oh, cunning, just for shits and giggles. Let's just see what a proper povo battler does to this country. Mm. Uh, maybe he'll fucking rip the ass out of the economy. Uh, but maybe that's what we fucking need. Maybe we all need to be poor together instead of this huge wealth divide and a bunch of fucking lizards and everyone trying to turn each other into their slave and fucking all this gibberish. Uh, you know, you, you got a choice between two cunts. And uh, I guarantee, mate, you're surely voting for the son of a single mum from Camperdown Housing Commission in a smoggy inner in mm. city fucking rat fest versus some fucking and just fucking hell, mate. Clapping. Don't let. The mainstream media sway your decision. Don't let your fucking dad or your mum or your uncles or aunties or whoever you fucking voted for your whole life sway your decision. Let Ain't That Swell sway your decision. That's right. Back the Swillian army, back the Swillians, back Smeary and Forno and get these fucking cunts out of here because I have had a gutful Smeary. Hey. Dog. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, over. Gonna give an over to the Hawaiians. Like, mm. just this Hawaiian call lord cavalcade, envoy, whatever you want to call it, taking over the halls of parliament. Unbelievable. Mm. Check it out. Tulsi Gabbard. We could have, it's very foreseeable, we could have Tulsi Gabbard, uh, BJ Penn, and McCool Rothman all as serving politicians mm. at the same time. I tell you, mate, they might be sending, they might be, uh, you know, re recreating the Captain Cook voyage in reverse. Mm-hmm. Which would be good to see. Compulsive viewing. Mate, yeah. That'll um, make the cut. Over. 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 Under to uh, the Australian fucking shit show of an election and uh, scummo and uh, massive over to Albo, the house oaky. Enroll. Enroll. Ignore the Murdoch press. Ignore the issues they fucking tell you about. Enroll. Take him down. Swell it. Are you kidding me?
You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Jesus, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You fucking kidding me? Are 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 you fucking kidding me? You're not fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?